0: Welcome to the Cleaning and Crime Podcast. My name is Elise, and if you're wondering about the name, (laughs) I love to listen to true crime while I clean. So because cleaning and true crime are my two loves, I've combined the two. And every week I post a new whole house cleaning motivation video on my YouTube channel, See Elise. And in the corner of the video, I'm in a little bubble telling you about a true crime case that's interesting to me. So cleaning and crime. But for some, the cleaning footage is too distracting, or some people just prefer to listen to their true crime and not watch it. If you want to check out the video version of today's story, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, and you'll find a playlist of all of my cleaning and crime episodes. But if you just came here for the crime and not the cleaning, you're in the right place. Trigger warning, this is a true crime podcast. Some episodes may be disturbing to some listeners. Be sure to check the show notes for each episode for specific trigger warnings. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Today's true crime case is about the TikTok suitcase murders. And this story is going to make you fear your landlord. But luckily, your landlord isn't this guy, Michael Lee Dudley. So hopefully you have nothing to worry about. So let me tell you about this nasty, nasty guy while I clean my house. Cool? Cool. Now let's go back in time to the summer of 2020. Even though I I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to the dark place. This was peak pandemic awfulness when we were all mad because we thought everything was only going to be shut down for a couple of days and now suddenly it's summer and everything still sucks. You remember. Oh, you remember. Anyway, everyone was restless, right? But cool kids discovered an app that was made more popular by TikTok that helped break up the boredom. Randonautica is an app that gives you random coordinates in your area and you just go there and explore. It's similar to like geocaching, but there's there's no prize. You're just getting random coordinates. You're going there, you're exploring. A lot of people film themselves doing it and post it on TikTok. Sometimes you find cool stuff, sometimes you don't. But it's just random. It's just fun and exciting. It's fun to work your way towards the location and see if you can find anything. So some people were doing Pokemon Go at this time, but people that were cooler than me were doing Randonautica apparently. (laughs) On June 19th, 2020, a group of teenagers were out using Randonautica and they were recording their journey along the way. There's deer out my window. Do you want to see the deer? If you're watching this on YouTube and looking at the little window, there's deer in my yard. Hi. Oh my God, there's a whole line of them. So these teenagers are in the Seattle area, and Randonautica sent them to these random coordinates, and it took them to the Alki Beach Pier. Great, fun, beach day, awesome, love that. But as soon as they got to their specific coordinates, they saw a suitcase. So there's this abandoned, like, zip-up luggage suitcase just sitting on the rocky shore by the pier, and they're like, mm, oh my god. This could be full of cash. Maybe we found this great treasure. I would think it was either drugs or a body because true crime coming in and out my ears all day long. Right? But innocent teenagers, they were like treasure, cash, jewelry, I don't know, just luggage, just somebody's luggage, this could be great. So they start filming right away on their smartphones, obviously for TikTok, right? But like weird, who dumps a suitcase in the ocean, right? so one of the girls in the group carefully approaches the suitcase and smart thinking she used a large stick she starts trying to push the zipper open as soon as she starts messing with the zipper you can hear them all giggling and laughing like thinking they found something really cool and you hear one of the boys who's filming say it stinks y'all it stinks y'all, it stinks, y'all Uh uh-oh. So as the girl pushes the zipper all the way open and flips up the lid, you hear the ball yell like, oh! Because as soon as they opened the lid, the smell was overwhelming. The fun is suddenly over. Now they're freaked out. Now the suitcase appeared to be stuffed with something that was in a garbage bag. So they didn't really see exactly what was in the suitcase, luckily. But once they saw the garbage bag and they smelled the smell, they knew this was serious they stopped what they were doing they called the police good job now once the police arrived they took the teen's statements and they sent them on their way and they ended up clearing the entire beach and cordoned it off as a crime scene they began searching the area and they found a second duffel bag floating in the ocean nearby a tent was set up next to the beach so that they could bring all of the evidence there and examine it without like people watching you know and as i'm sure you're expecting Inside the suitcase and the duffel bag was garbage bags full of human remains. After everything was examined, it was determined that it was two bodies, one man, one woman, who had been dismembered and put in a suitcase and a duffel bag and thrown into the ocean. And when those teenagers woke up the next day and saw the news that some teens discovered body parts in a suitcase on the beach, they realized that was us, and they quickly posted their TikTok, which immediately went viral. Now, I actually saw this TikTok organically in my feed when they posted it. And immediately, I was like, fake swipe. Like, there's so much content out there that's like this, but completely staged. Like, oh my god, dude, we're out here looking at this. And look at this. Oh, we found this buried treasure. Oh, look at all this money. Like, it's just, it's fake. It's fake. I'm so desensitized to it. I'm just like, meh, meh, meh. Then, recently, I hear the end of the story. And I'm like, oh my god, it It was real. I saw this TikTok. That was real? (laughs) Like, wow. Shows what I know, right? (sniffs) Randonautica told BuzzFeed News that it was... Quote, shocked at the very unfortunate coincidence, our first reaction was to reach out to the teens and make sure they were doing all right. We sent them a message to let them know the intention of Randonautica is not to find something disturbing like this. End quote. Four days later, a third bag was discovered by a sheriff's deputy, and it was recovered from the Duwamish River, obviously containing more human remains, and it was quickly linked to this case and sent off to the medical examiner. So what happened? Why are there people? in these suitcases and duffel bags. Well, let me tell you. A very complicated and extensive autopsy was performed and they were able to determine that the two bodies that were found in the suitcase and the two duffel bags belonged to 35-year-old Jessica Lewis and 27-year-old Austin Wenner and that both had been beaten and had died by gunshot wounds. Now, Jessica was shot once. Austin was shot seven times. Then it appeared they had been dismembered placed in garbage bags, which were then placed in suitcases and duffel bags, and tossed in the ocean. The time of death was estimated to be on June 9th, 2020, 10 days before the suitcases were discovered. So obviously, they now had a homicide case on their hands. Once investigators had names to match with their remains, and an estimated time of death, the families were identified, and Jessica and Austin's cell phone records were obtained. Once the cell phone data was analyzed, they realized that all cell activity had stopped on June 9th as well. So who were these two? Jessica and Austin were a couple, and they had been together for eight years. Jessica had four children from a previous relationship, and Austin stepped in as sort of a stepfather role very easily. And he helped Jessica with the kids, and he was very supportive and very loving. Jessica was described as very caring, a great mother, a ray of sunshine and a very attentive friend and an overall loving person. Austin was a super fun, carefree guy. He went by the nickname Cash Money online and he loved being around people. He loved the outdoors, he loved campfires, he loved trucks dogs, country music. And even though he was younger than Jessica by about nine years, they were very much in love, they co-parented very well together, including Austin's child from a previous relationship. They just seemed very happy and very in love, and they were a really good team together. Now obviously their friends and their family were completely blindsided by the news of their killing. And it's not like they ran with a bad crowd or anything, not that that gives them a reason to be killed, but it was just super unexpected. They were just normal people. Family told police that the couple had last been seen at their home in Burien, I hope I said that right, in the Seattle area, which was not far from the location where the suitcase was found. The home that Jessica and Austin shared was not their own, because like most, they weren't able to purchase a home yet at this point in their lives, especially in the Seattle area. Plus, it's 2020. Housing crisis much? And not only could they not buy a home, they couldn't even rent an entire home in that area. So they ended up just renting one room in their landlord's house at $1,500 a month for one room. Their landlord was 62 year old, Michael Lee Dudley. And Michael was on the radar immediately because family members told police that there was only one person that Austin and Jessica were having trouble with. And it was their freaking landlord because he was a jerk and a weirdo. On top of that, when police checked the couple's phone records, they saw that the last activity was an incoming call from, you guessed it, their landlord, Michael Lee Dudley. And then seven minutes after that call, their phones were shut off forever. And that call came in at 7.01 p.m. on June 9th, 2020, which was their estimated time of death wouldn't you know it. Spoiler alert, Michael Lee Dudley did this, okay? (laughs) Obviously. And as initial evidence was compiled, it just kept getting more damning. This was not a difficult case to solve, but here is the timeline of what went down. And then we'll dig more into the details, and we'll dig more into this guy, because this could have and should have been prevented Now, it turned out there was a 911 call made on June 9th, just after 7 p.m. by Michael Lee Dudley's neighbors. Neighbors reported hearing yelling and screaming coming from Michael's house. And they heard a man yell specifically, please don't do this, just let me leave. Then they reported hearing several gunshots. But when police arrived at Michael Lee Dudley's house to check it out, all the lights were off, everything looked fine, they knocked on the door, and nobody answered. So they just stood there for a while, and they were like, well, I guess nobody's home. Mm -hmm. And they just left. They left. No follow-up, no nothing. Shit show, what a shit show. It took a while for this woman to report this, but allegedly an hour after those cops left, A woman who was living with Michael Lee Dudley for a short time during the murder got there and not only were all the lights on, but Michael greeted her at the door one hour after those cops bailed. And when Michael greeted her at the door, he allegedly had some cuts on his face and broken glasses. She also said that when she walked into the house, she looked over to the room that Austin and Jessica rented and she allegedly, I know, I know, I keep saying allegedly, but Allegedly, she looked over to Austin and Jessica's room they were renting, and she saw a pile of clothes, and it looked like an outline of a body underneath the clothes, and she saw a bloody hand sticking out of the pile. Holy shit. She looks at Michael and says, Hey, what what happened there? And allegedly, Michael looked at her and said, My gun worked, and his didn't. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a mess to clean up. What the fuck? Now, this tenant also said that she allegedly found several guns in a sink and that she helped Michael dispose of them. Now, again, this witness did not come forward right away. She didn't come forward until Michael was long arrested. It wasn't until this woman was interviewed at length before she made these allegations. And we don't really know if this actually happened. It's he said, she said, you know? But if that's true... Holy shit. And it does sound crazy. It sounds crazy. But I think, I think I believe her. Because she also took photographs of apparent bullet holes in furniture that was in the room that Austin and Jessica rented. And police later found bullet holes in the walls in that room. So I don't know. I kind of believe her because she was still living there. She was probably frightened of him. And if it's true that she did help dispose of weapons, she was. Probably afraid of getting in trouble too. You know, I don't know. I'm just wildly speculating at this point. So that's what we believe went down on June 9th. About a week later, Austin's father was growing very concerned that he hadn't heard from his son and he couldn't get a hold of him over the phone. So he went to Michael Lee Dudley's house where his son was staying to see if he could find him, ask some questions. Now when he got to the house where Austin and Jessica had been staying... Michael answered the door and he told Austin's father that Austin and Jessica had just abruptly left and he had no idea where they went. Austin's father didn't buy this. It didn't add up. And when he tried to question him further, Michael was like, I don't know. I'm sorry, I can't help you, man. And he slammed the door in his face. To make matters worse, when Austin's dad was leaving, he saw clothes sticking out of the garbage can that was on the street. And he recognized some of those shirts sticking out of the garbage can. They looked like his son's shirts. Again, this shit doesn't add up. Austin's father knew that him and Jessica were hard up for cash. They were struggling just to make rent. You don't just dump your belongings and cut it and run and move to a new place, A, without telling your family, and B, if you can't afford clothes, you're not going to throw away your clothes. You know what I'm saying? While Austin's father is worried, pounding the pavement and calling friends, trying to find his son, on June 18th, Michael Lee Dudley headed to Alki Beach to throw some garbage into the ocean. Garbage. Cell phone records show that Michael was in the exact area where it's believed the bags were thrown into the ocean on that day. And it was the first time his cell phone pinged in that area in about three months. So he couldn't be like, oh, I go there all the time, you know. Then on the next day, June 19th, 2020, is when our teenagers found... The suitcase on Alki Beach, East Side Pier. So investigators start gathering up all the evidence they need to get a warrant to search Michael Lee Dudley's house. And of course, interviewing friends and family members to get as much info as they can get. Jessica's aunt was interviewed, and Jessica was very close with her aunt, and they spoke on the phone frequently. And when police asked Jessica's aunt, hey, do you know if Jessica was having any trouble with anybody? Jessica's aunt said, quote, oh, her landlord, he's a freaking psycho. Jessica, on many of her phone calls to her aunt, told her that she was having trouble with Michael Lee Dudley. For example, Michael had allegedly pulled a gun on an electrician who had come to the house to do some work after an argument. Once Jessica heard Michael yelling that he wanted to kill a specific neighbor that he was having trouble with, she told her aunt that he would sometimes break into their cars and cars of other tenants and neighbors. She said that Michael had put tracking devices on people's cars. There was incidents of Michael screaming at tenants over money and he would threaten them and tell them to get out of the house, but then he would lock them in in the house so they couldn't leave. And as if that isn't bad enough, Michael, he had a pretty big yard and he kept backyard chickens. And allegedly once, one of his dogs killed one of his chickens. And while Jessica and Austin were looking through the window, Michael beat the dog to death with a hammer. And they sat there and watched the whole thing. Jessica believed that Michael knew they were watching. And she also said that he left the dog's body laying there for days. And she believed it was to intimidate them. Which I bet it fucking did intimidate them. Holy shit. That had to have been so horrific. Now, I mean, put yourself in Jessica and Austin's shoes. Young couple, hard up for cash can barely make rent, you're in the midst of the pandemic and the housing crisis, and you're terrified of your landlord who's sleeping in the next goddamn room. Oh, and you have five collective children that you need to help take care of and you need to worry about. Where are they gonna go? What are they gonna do? Also in the beginning stages of the investigation, police dug into Michael Lee Dudley's criminal record. And guess what? It was kind of long. Big shock. It started back in the 90s with Grand Theft Auto, then it escalated to trafficking and drug possession. In 2016, Michael was arrested and charged with assault for threatening a girlfriend with a gun. Class act. Then, the worst of it all. Are you ready for this? This guy was such, just such a piece of shit, okay? In 2018, a restraining order was filed against Michael by his own daughter. And this was a request for a sexual assault protection order following a hearing that would prohibit Michael from contacting his daughter. The daughter accused Michael of sexually assaulting her and she wrote in the request, quote, he sexually assaulted me for nine years from age 10 to age 18. And she turned 18 in 2007, quote, by drugging and raping me, forcing me to share a bed with him from age 10, and making me watch him masturbate while he watched pornography. End quote. She also went on to say, quote, I don't feel safe in my home or leaving my home for work. End quote. And she also described many incidents of Michael threatening her with a gun. Have you ever heard of such a bag of dicks before? Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But, and this is gonna piss you off, and I'm really sorry about that. The court rejected her request, saying, quote, her allegation and the relationship of the party does not meet the definitions in a sexual assault petition. These allegations fall under domestic violence, end quote. What? Give me a fucking break. Bullshit definition bureaucratic paperwork bullshit. I mean, come on. And no further attempts were made to get a different restraining order or to go the domestic violence route or whatever. Nothing happened after that. And he was just free to go about his life being a bag of shit. (sighs) So now that police had done all of their investigation, they had enough to get a warrant for Michael Lee Dudley's arrest and to search his home. And they did so on August 19th, 2020. Now, I don't really understand. I don't know. I don't know shit about shit, okay? Why did it take so long? They gave this guy... Two and a half months to clean up his mess at his house. He had plenty of time to clean up the crime scene, you know? But like, Austin and Jessica lived there. I don't understand why they couldn't just go in and at least search just their room for evidence. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It seems very strange to me. But again, I don't know shit about shit. But either way, on August 19th, 2020, they got in and they searched the home. They found spent nine millimeter rounds in the house. Not sure how he missed those. He had two and a half months to sweep them up. They found a small amount of Jessica's blood in Jessica and Austin's bedroom. The floor stunk of bleach in their room, like just permeating bleach out from the floor. And they also found bullet holes in the wall that had been patched with plumber's putty, and then the whole room was painted over. Typical landlord, am I right? Like Michael, plumber's putty? Plumber's putty to patch a hole in drywall, huh? Plumber's putty is great for installing new drains, not patching drywall. You couldn't find any spackle? This is this is amateur hour over here. You know, I bet he didn't even clean up the blood off the walls. I bet he just painted right over it. Semi-gloss white, the landlord's special. What a an asshole michael was obviously arrested and he was questioned that night right he admitted that austin and jessica stayed in that room that had been freshly painted during the quarantine period he admitted that they had gotten into an argument because jessica and austin were unable to afford their next month's rent but he said that's all it was just an argument and then they just suddenly moved out Uh uh-huh yeah, okay, sure, buddy. When he was asked about Jessica's blood that was found in the room, he said Jessica must have cut herself at some point in the past few weeks. And when he was asked to explain the spent 9 millimeter rounds that were just laying around the house, he just, I don't know, he had no explanation for that. Based on all of this and all of their evidence and all of their interviews and his criminal record, he was thrown in jail and his bail was set at $5 million. Then things got very quiet on this case for about two years. Nothing. No articles, no coverage. It was very hush hush. The trial was rescheduled three times for unknown reasons. If I had to guess, I would say it's COVID delays, like trickle down delays from other court cases being delayed. But the important thing is the trial did begin October, 2022. The witnesses for the prosecution were many, including that tenant that I mentioned, who had briefly lived in Michael's house and saw the hand sticking out of the pile of clothes. Anyway, defense put up a hell of a fight. They claimed that the use of cell phone data was unreliable and that it's nearly impossible to pinpoint a person's exact location just from cell phone data. They also said that the tenant who was living there who saw the hand, she was an unreliable witness. She had a history of lying and a criminal record. And the defense team had their own forensic team go to the house and search for blood evidence. And they only found a little bit, two tablespoons of blood. They didn't find any evidence that was compelling in the home. Maybe because he had two and a half months to fucking bleach the floor? I don't know. The defense even tried to show how little blood they did find by showing five bottles of Coca-Cola. And they're like, this is how much blood is in the human body. And we only found two tablespoons. That's nothing. Like, okay, thanks for the visual, I guess. But like, let's circle back to those bullet holes in the wall full of plastic plumber's putty, shall we? I'm still I'm still mad about that. <laughs> still mad about the plumber's putty. They also claimed that the spent rounds found in the house had not gone through a human body, according to their amazing forensics team that they sent. And they argued that there was no blood found in Michael's car. So clearly, he was a great man, a landlord with a heart of gold, helping people Find a place to live in this terrible housing crisis. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sounds great. Assholes. But the prosecution had a great case. This was not a difficult case to try, right? Tons of witnesses, the cell phone data, the plumber's putty, dead dog, and his criminal record? (laughs) Open and shut, right? It was ultimately determined by prosecution that Austin and Jessica had come to Michael to let him know that they were unable to make their $1,500 rent payment for next month's rent, which then led to a very heated argument that escalated to Michael pulling a gun on the couple, which of course neighbors overheard, right? Ultimately, the couple ended up being shot, Jessica once, Austin seven times. Michael then dismembered their bodies and put them into garbage bags and then into suitcases and duffel bags and then threw them into Puget Sound. Then he went home and he had more than two months to clean up the mess in his house and then repaint the room to get ready for his next fucking tenant. Unreal. Unbelievable. The trial lasted two months and the jury deliberated for a day and a half. And on December 8th, 2022, Michael Lee Dudley was found Guilty on two counts of second-degree murder. And an additional 10 years will be automatically added to his sentence because of his use of a firearm in the crime. Michael Lee Dudley's sentencing hearing is scheduled for March 10th, 2023, and it's expected that he will probably get a life sentence without a chance of parole, and I hope, hope, hope that that is what he gets. Because that's what he deserves. And that is the end of today's true crime case about the TikTok suitcase murders and that piece of shit Michael Lee Dudley. And I hope he rots in prison and I hope he dies soon to save us a couple bucks. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening to Cleaning and Crime. If you'd like more content from me or you want to see the cleaning side of things, check me out on YouTube or TikTok or follow my socials, all of which are under the name C. Elise. S E E E L I S E. If you have any questions or any case ideas that you'd like to share, email me at seeliseclean at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. These episodes include my personal opinions, and all information is compiled by me using references that are publicly available. Sources are included in the show notes. All parties described are innocent until proven guilty. See you next time.